This is the Defenders Podcast and House Podcastica on CV Podcast Industries, and we're talking about what if episode seven? What if Thor were an only child? Thunderheart. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, have a drink. It never runs out. You try to drink it all, but you can't because it's magic. Hollywood movies did not prepare me for this. Shouldn't there be more lasers? Probing? A flying cow? According to my data, the first extraterrestrial to arrive was him? <laughs> Huh. I expected him to look more like... Like what, E.T.? Unless like a hottie McScotty? Beach Buddy Ken? Old school Abercrombie catalog? I could go on. Let me... Welcome back, fellow Defenders, to a very special episode of TV Podcast Industries. This is the Defenders Podcast and House Podcastica on TV Podcast Industries. We're talking about what if episode seven, what if Thor were an only child? I'm one of your hosts, Derek. Hello there, fellow Defenders. I'm one of your other hosts, John. What if I was Chris? <laughs> and we are joined by a very special guest, co-host Jason Kabasi from House Podcastica. Welcome, Jason. Hello. Thank you very much. It's such a pleasure to be here. I've been listening to you guys and picking up all the points that I missed on my own podcast. So it's been great. <laughs> Excellent. And we've been doing the same and, uh, and then repeating them and pretend there aren't points. <laughs> right. Good. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's cool. It works out. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. Delighted to have Jason with us for this episode. Um, this is partly for some of our regular listeners uh, to Defenders and, uh, and TV podcast interviews. You will be aware that uh, I'm not a massive fan of the comedy and of the uh, of the Thor and of the Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> I knew that. So I, I needed to get somebody else on board that is a much bigger fan <laughs> for this episode. So thanks, Jason. Yeah. My favorite of the of the Marvel movies are Thor Ragnarok and Guardians of the Galaxy. There you go. But I love thanks. them all. Yes, yes. So we're the the opposite ends of the scale, I yeah. think, for myself and Jason. But uh, I've known Jason for quite a few years now, probably about six years. Uh, appeared on a bunch of podcasts over on House Podcast. Jason, give an intro to the TV podcast team about what uh, what you do, what 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 you currently cover. What's your what's your general show about? I started with Walking Dead back when it started twenty seven years ago, and I've been <laughs> podcasting ever since. And uh, well, it was twelve, eleven or twelve years ago, and yeah, then we branched out and did some Game of Thrones. And these days. I'm doing What If and uh, Walking Dead still, which is just about on its last season. Well, it is on its last season here. I was going to say, just on its last legs. Yeah, it is. It's <laughs> limping to the finish line. And then I'm going to be, you know, right now we're also doing Cobra Kai, which I'm so loving, and Mandalorian, oh, and we're getting into some of the Star Wars stuff and a few other things here and there. Excellent. Great Excellent. stuff. Are you tempted for Why the Last Man, another apocalyptic show? It looks Super cool. I've only seen the trailer. I haven't even had time to watch it yet, but I have been hearing a lot of buzz about the show and your podcast. So I'm absolutely going to get into it as soon as I have a moment. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, thanks for plugging that, Jason. Uh, if, our <laughs> if our fellow defenders aren't aware, we are covering Why the Last Man each week. We've covered the first three episodes. Episode four is just out this week, uh, and you can get that on our main feed on TV Podcast Industries. Guys, do you want to get into the episode? Do we have to? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, well, yeah, exactly. Spoiler alert! Oh, man, it might be good cop, bad, bad cops this week. Yeah. yeah no, well, might, no. It, well, yeah. Might yeah, be. baby. It might be. <laughs> it's 
I like that you did include the plural there, good cop, bad cops. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's get into the episode details. Uh, once again, executive producers of the show are Brian Andrews, AC Bradley, and Brad Winterbaum. Uh, with Kevin Feige, uh, also as executive producer of the show, our head writer, once again, AC Bradley, who has written this episode. And the episode was directed once again by Brian Andrews. So uh, the main team here for this episode. Interesting to see what they gave us. John, do you want to give us your synopsis for the episode? Sure. One party can change the world for a while. The old father Odin is entering his rejuvenating Odin sleep, leaving Thor in charge of Asgard. His mother Frigga takes the chance to go and visit her sisters, so Thor decides to party somewhere outside of the view of stoic watcher Heimdall. They settle on Las Vegas in Midgard and travel there for the party of the universe. While monitoring for intergalactic signals, Jane Foster and her research assistant Darcy track the party prince and get brought in to his celebrations. As things get more festive, Thor falls for Jane and Darcy marries the space-travelling Howard the Duck. But with Nick Fury in hospital after being denied entry to the Shindig, S.H.I.E.L.D. agents Maria Hill, Phil Coulson and Brock Rumlow are unable to stop the spread. Across the Earth, and worrying the planet will be destroyed, they call in the biggest gun they have, Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel and Thor fight, but with Captain Marvel put into timeout by Molnir, Thor continues partying as the celebrations spill all the way to Paris, London, and Australia. He is joined by Loki Lauferson and his fellow Frost Giants. Thor's brother, from another mother, also knows how to party on a grand scale, but as it spirals out of control, Jane Foster does the only thing she knows to do to stop it. She calls Thor's mother, Frigga. Frigga leaves immediately to discipline Thor, but he's learned his lesson and cleans up the earth before she gets there. As Thor invites Jane out on a date before he returns with Frigga to Asgard, a portal opens and Ultron sentries spill out, followed by sentient robot Vision in possession of all six Infinity Stones. Great work, John. I know uh, the biggest problem with this episode is probably finding alternate words for party. Yeah, that be right? that's, <laughs> why, that's why Shindig was in there. Uh-huh. Um, I, I mean, I, you know, with it being PG, I can't say the, the usual things, okay. you know, it's up. Um, and so <laughs> it's, yeah. Um, Thor was just basically a frat boy. Yes, uh, he was. Yeah. Party. Yes, he was. Should, should we go, go around the table really quick and see what everybody thought of the episode? Jason, why, why not? As the guest. Start with the good cop. I, I thought it was fantastic. I mean, it was the light episode that we kind of needed, you know, that everybody was after what we've been through lately. But I also love the dynamic nature of this show. I wouldn't have it any other way. I don't want to see every episode like this, but I thought it was really fun. I I don't think a comedy works unless it's funny. And, you know, that seems pretty obvious, but I found myself laughing and smiling all the way through it. So I really liked it. Excellent. Excellent. Chris, how about yourself? I enjoyed it. It's too late in the series for this episode. Okay. So it was just a a, a funny what-if comedy. They've been building and building and building and building for this series and then just slammed on a brakes, theoretically. Mm -hmm. And I just felt, okay, okay. And then just that ending just didn't make sense. And we'll get into that later. We will. We will. Absolutely. Um. For me, I just think this is my fault. I, I, asked, for <laughs> I, I asked for a comedy episode and I expected expected and got exactly what I got. It, it feels very disposable, this episode. It feels like uh, I probably won't watch this one again. 
But of course, we'll talk about the ending later on. Uh, if it does lead it to something else, of course, uh, I'll have to go back and watch it again. But it feels it feels quite disposable. Phil, watch once. And yeah, I got the story. I was watching it the second time. And I was kind of going, yeah, yeah, I know what happens. They party somewhere else now. <laughs> That's kind of it. Uh, how about yourself, John? Any any thoughts before we get into the discussion? Yeah, I mean, I thought this was, it was entertaining for sure. And I liked the gags. Uh, I'm not entirely sure the sense of humor sort of is my sense of humor. Uh, but like... Yeah, I kind of liked it. I thought it was pretty entertaining. And I I guess I'm just kind of scratching my head that, you know, there's possibly like an entire culture in Northern Europe going, what are they doing to our mythology? But nonetheless, (laughs) um, you know, I'm like, yeah, I, I, I think... We needed a lighter episode, actually, but, um, I, I guess this was it. And, yeah, it, it, it was fine for me. Right. Um, I guess I'm being polite. I'm trying to side with Jason here so that he's not on his own. <laughs> no, it's, you know. it, it's um, a kind of I'm here so the, that you can be honest. Go ahead. It, 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 it's standing there by the drinks cabinet, making sure he's not alone, you know, at the party, <laughs> I guess. So, hey, I mean, I've had so what... many, I don't even notice at this point. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, appreciate I thought that. it was entertaining. I thought it was entertaining, you know, uh, for sure. The obvious way I knew this was not a usual anything we've ever seen before was that they had the Looney Tune-esque name of the countries. Oh, yeah. And I was like, yeah. oh, oh, okay, right. Like, um, it's a full-on lo- farce. It's Looney Tunes. It's an exactly. MCU Looney farce. Exactly. That is it. It was just, it is like, this is not your daddy's Thor. This is not your kids. This is literally your six-year-old Thor. But if your six-year-old was in college and a frat boy. I still feel like this might be the Liam Hemsworth's version of Thor. This seems to be the one that he he does enjoy. Let's let's quickly Mm -hmm. go into our, our our top three uh, what if we had a top three our first our first point is uh, what if we'd seen this before what are the cinematic universe movies that this is referencing and the the connections in the movies that we have so kind of obvious really it's uh, the original thor and the avengers and thor of the dark world and thor ragnarok are kind of all wrapped up in here but um what have they kind of taken what's what's the bits that they've taken from from those movies well, I know the bit that they've absolutely slashed, and that is Doth where all thy drapes, you know, kind of thing. Um, in the sense that like mm. Thor was just, you know, it was done by Kenneth Branagh. Mm. I, you know, I guess it, and it was introducing the character. Um, and, and maybe, you know, that was probably the right thing to do. And, you know, it has gone off in, in a different direction. Um, for sure. But, um, you know, in that sense, it, it, it takes, you know, at least that sort of outline there um, at from the the, the first Thor uh, movie. You know, his his origin effectively, yeah. um, and then certainly chucks a huge amount of of Ragnarok into it mm-hmm. to guess. the point where they put Taika in it. Taika is not just Korg; he had there's a pineapple the pineapple shirt guy is in it, mm-hmm. which he, was like Taika, Taika from YTD. what was it? The, yeah. yeah, when he did. That was the the the, the uh, San Diego Comic Con panel where he him and Hemsworth were wearing the the, the pineapple shirts, mm-hmm. and yeah, he, that was a. I'm assuming that was a, a nod to him. I guess so. Lit- He's cameo king at the moment, isn't he? So I mean, like, yeah. I mean, it's interesting to see the evolution of Thor over time. It started off a little more earnest. And then mm-hmm. became more of a comedy where they feel like they've found the right way to do this character. But I went back and watched Thor just to prep for this. And uh, 
there was there were seeds of that there for sure mm-hmm. him being arrogant yeah. and you know yeah. little winks and nods but then i think kind of the arc of that story was that he learned to be more responsible a serious person and then they're like nah we kind of like the fun party boy <laughs> thor yeah. better and this sort of tried to bring all of that together into i mean the tone of it was clo- way closer to ragnarok i would say than the original yeah. thor but uh yeah so uh there was all the ragnarok characters though grandmaster dj grandmaster and <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely uh, guardians I, of the I galaxy think, and yeah i mean the interesting thing as well is just you know in end game thor is in quite a dark place mm-hmm. um so it, it's an interesting contrast um from from Ragnarok anyway his portrayal in that you know given what happened and so on and and it's interesting that they've they've kind of I guess taken from the Ragnarok side because I wonder if that we're going to see when he you know shows up in Guardians of the Galaxy which I am looking forward to because I, I I loved him and uh Rocket Raccoon so uh, that should be really good um but it just be interesting to see what how much of that persists over cuz yeah I mean he, he still has his seriousness I just mm-hmm. don't think we necessarily saw it in this one I mean I have to say like I I hope I'm I'm not overstepping by skipping ahead here but there was a moment at the end when he asked her out at her mm-hmm. trailer that my heart was really full there and I think that's one thing that Thor has continued to do well is even though it's played for comedy and you could call it a farce y- y- there still are some pretty big emotional moments that get me anyway Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. some nice Ernest moments in there. <laughs> a thousand percent. Like if if we think his next film, uh, Love and Thunder, yeah. is we we get to see Jane Foster again in this. We will get that continuation that yeah. we lost in Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. We get that heart, but with a theoretically that touch of humor. But they they have to walk the character back from the brink of depression to bring him into this new film and he is apparently will also be in james gunn in guardians going yeah. forward a theory well yeah. rumored rumored as mm-hmm. of right now rumored yeah. so again this is yes this is where's doth thine drapes yonder over hills <laughs> but with a bit more kind of that comedy element in it going forward it was a fun romp mm-hmm. don't get me wrong it was. It was definitely a fun run, but there was a couple of other movies that they did reference, a couple of other things that were pulled out. Obviously, Captain Marvel being here, being brought back from uh, from outside in the universe by using that beeper that they used in Infinity War um, in right. the post-credit scene when people were disappearing. So this is how serious S.H.I.E.L.D. seemed to think the threat it's of ridiculous. Thor across the planet. They didn't use yeah. it for the Chitauri invasion, but they this frat boy is like, oh, we yeah. better yeah. <laughs> better stop this partying from happening, and we don't know what to do. We're going to bring out the big gun. Um, and they were going to nuke, like, North and South Dakota, I guess. Um, yeah. Or that they at least had that on their options uh, to sort of nuke <laughs> a part of their yeah. own country. This so, I mean, that shield. was, yeah. you know... And I, I didn't quite really get in the end whether the other planet as well whether thor had actually destroyed it through partying which would be some feat i guess i mean you can trash a house i Mm -hmm. guess so i guess this is just 
upscaling it to trashing the planet. <laughs> and so uh, I think it sounded like the planet was on its way out. So they partied there until it went. And they kind of maybe might have helped it along its way while partying. Party that's what he said. Gone. I think yeah, that's what that's he said. <laughs> we got to trust him. He's, he's the horse god of Thunder, isn't he? <laughs> uh, <laughs> but let's let's get into the episode, I suppose. What What is the small change that happens? What if there was a small change? Uh, the small change here, and I think I'm going to, I'm going to quote exactly what happened from the, uh, from the description from Marvel. Uh, while traversing Jotunheim, Odin found a baby frost giant, which he returned to his family and Thor was raised as an only child. So the big change here is uh, in Thor 1, Odin finds a, a baby frost giant. Loki brings it home, raises it as his own child and, uh, and Thor grows up with a brother who's constantly ribbing him and constantly challenging him and that changes his personality. So that's quite a significant change as we see here. He's got zero responsibility um, for for what's going on in Asgard. You know, in, in the past story, Odin goes to the Odin, Odin sleep and leaves Thor in charge. Whereas here, Frigga watches over him, I think. Uh, Frigga leaves, Thor goes off to party. He feels like there's nothing on him to be, uh, to, to lead up to him being the new uh, the new all-father effect. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, and I think it's it's interesting how these what-if titles, they're more about the emotional crux of the story than the actual change. Like, uh, what if Captain Carter became the first Avenger is really, what if Peggy decided not to go upstairs? You know, that's like <laughs> the one thing that was different here. And so for this one, at first I thought, okay, it was just that Odin, for whatever reason, decided not to take... Uh, baby Loki a- and we see Loki as a full on giant frost giant here mm-hmm. and and I and then I thought okay so did Odin make uh when he did his magic to make Loki look like an Asgardian turn from blue to you know white did he also make it so he wouldn't grow but then I went back and looked at the dialogue in Thor and it, it, Odin finds Loki abandoned uh, in the aftermath of the battle. I went into the temple and I found a baby small for a giant's offspring, offspring abandoned, suffering left to die. So I think the real change here is that Loki, for whatever reason was not like the runt of the litter and not rejected. Mm. And that's what yeah, set yeah. it all off, you know? Yeah. And, and the, it's, it's the pivotal influence. I mean, of Loki on Thor. I mean, you see that throughout yeah, the whole absolutely, um yeah. whole of the MCU. It whether it's, you know, it's a challenger to being, you know, with on being the prince or just the way it goes, it's always been that dynamic mm-hmm. uh, and the the influence uh, that Loki has, has had on Thor keeping him on his toes and he, I guess he just doesn't have the the other prince as competition here he, mm-hmm. he's not having to worry about or look after him or you know be that father figure to loki so ultimately he's the you know he's he's the 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 rich sort of heir to be and mm-hmm. um is doing a, a prince harry i guess and well, in yeah. in loki in the series <laughs> uh, mobius tells him that like he wasn't born to be king, but to cause pain and suffering and death, so all the others can achieve their best versions of themselves. And so here Absolutely. we don't exactly. have that happening for Thor, you know. Yeah, yeah. he probably had a lot less pranks played in him as well uh, throughout <laughs> his years. <laughs> we do have to assume that Hela is still around, though. Well, Hela was the, the the original Ragnarok story of Hela happened as well, so he does have a sibling. So that was the one I went, ah, gotcha. I forgot about his other sibling who we haven't brought back yet, but okay. 
Yes, because yes, so the the title of was he that uh, what if Thor were an only child is actually wrong. He's still an only child. Yeah. What, what if he's raised as an only child? I guess. Yes, exactly. And you uh, know, yeah. <laughs> I don't think he's all that different, to be honest. I mean, he didn't he didn't have to overcome Loki trying to kill his father or, or you know uh, destroy Jotunheim and and then mm-hmm. even the Chitauri invasion that might not happen. Who knows? But he still, I feel like, is good hearted. At the end, he thinks. Jane for calling his mother. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I didn't like to do that, but it was the right thing. Thank you. So I feel like it wasn't actually that that big of an impact on his character. Maybe. Yep, yeah. yeah, I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that. I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. As I say, this this episode overall did kind of feel a little bit non essential. It just felt like uh, what what if Thor partied on Earth? Is basically what we had here. Yeah. But you know, I th- I think one of the things in this episode that I've definitely found after six episodes of the show where they're pretty tightly written, they pre- they do. I don't care about about canon at all, especially in these in these episodes. But they generally respected some elements and paid references and homage and, and getting Easter eggs from from um, various movies. In here, that's all completely out the window. <laughs> like this is every single character Thor has met in the future ten years from the point where this story is set is at that party. So so all as you mentioned, all the characters in Ragnarok, all the prisoners um, that were held on Ragnarok for by the Grandmaster for his battles are all invited to the party. Where would Thor have met them before? Do um, we know when that, it's set? Because Odin's going into the into the Odin sleep, it's set in that period in the first movie. Roughly. Oh, does he... He need... So he can't just go in the Odin sleep any time? He's, he's been holding it off for centuries. Okay. Uh, yeah, okay. Apparently. So... Okay. That was what I took my cue from. Anybody else think? No, no, no. It is. It's, it's also we know from, like... It's the same time period that Jane and but Jane uh, and Darcy, Darcy are together, but no Selvig. So that made me True. wonder if that was just another excursion of theirs, some other time, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I I had just taken it to be During just because the opening opening scene with the camper van in the middle of the desert. I, mm-hmm. I kind of just took it to be, uh, you know, roughly at the start of Thor. Um, and I, but again, it's, he's had a whole life, I guess, without, um, without Loki. So conceivably, all these people could be coming if he's known as the party prince. Um, I mean, I think that's, <laughs> yeah, know, right. I think that, that's the thing I kind of liked about it. It was just like, I liked the idea of him being this party prince and all these people coming just effectively to trash the planet Um, you know and over time you know he was bringing more and more of the world along with him you know and i thought that was really cool and some of the gags in the kind of entertained me i liked the stonehenge dominoes i liked (laughs) the you know the london eye being sort of spun Spun. on and all that kind of stuff and but i for me it was I I really liked uh, Darcy. Um, I loved the fact because I loved Darcy, loved her in One Division. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, she. I mean, I always meow meow with Molnir. I love I love her <laughs> saying that. And she had another one here which made me crack up. I think it was her attempt at Heimdall with with He Man Who now. And um, when, <laughs> when 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 she says that, and again, I just you know because all the Norse sort of characters are being sort of listed off, yeah. and she's just. He man, who now throwing North and South Dakota under the bus just got me. Why don't we just 
<laughs> I know. I can't even tell the difference. But, yeah. but I guess it was Siberia they chose for in the yeah. end, and yeah. to, to nuke Russia, which I guess is <laughs> maybe a little controversial. Yeah. Uh, but then there was the polar bear, and so I was like, I don't know where this is. Is this like... It's the MCU. It's anywhere you want it to be. It I'm could a be North or South Chris. I need to know where things are. <laughs> but like, yeah. I, I thought it was really good. Um, I have to say, and I, I, do, I do think uh, the one, the the one character I wish was there, and that was because of what Darcy, and that is Goose the cat. Um, that would have oh. been awesome to have Goose uh, the cat show up and do the some flirting. kind of. Uh, do something. Um, Captain Marvel's maybe fighting, eat yeah. Korg or something. That that would be quite good. <laughs> I was just so happy with who they brought back. So pretty much again, it's all the voice actors that we love. Obviously, there was one or two that they couldn't, mm-hmm. which was surprising. So the one that really got me was uh, Carol Demers not coming back. Brie Larson, really, because. A majority of these were filmed or were at least voice recorded during some of them during the pandemic, some bef- way before. Um, what was she doing? <laughs> she had she was running her YouTube channel at that point. <laughs> but if, if it's the same thing, if it was the same timing, so I was just, I it was one of those ones that I just it was confusing. It, we didn't get her back. Mm. Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans, we understand their contracts are over. Maybe just that was why. But Brie Larson is back for the Marvels. She's back coming. She's still in the MCU. She is still contractually there. Yeah. That was just the one that I was like, huh. And then someone like Volstagg and the Sif and the, the Marvelous Three. Aside from Jamie Alexander, the other three were not the usual voice actor or they're not the usual actors. So yeah. I was just like, we didn't get, we got an uh, unvoiced. Heimdall. Um, yeah, exactly. I was just, it, there was one or two choices. I was just like, you got all the cool, you, you got Jeff Goldblum for yeah. literally like two lines, <laughs> yeah, maybe exactly. three lines. I was like, really? Like, anyway, so that was just, that was the weird one. But I was happy that we got everyone else back. It, it, it really did le- lend credence and kind of. Natalie Portman, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Back in Definitely. the day, we wouldn't have got her. Right. The, if, if you're to believe the post. Thor the Dark World animosity that she had to the MCU. Mm-hmm. If you believe that, then yeah, like she would not have come back. But obviously now she is back and recording for and filming for uh, Love and Thunder. Yeah. And um, I think once they got her back for Endgame, the, the, they'd obviously resolved whatever issue there. But it, but it is a really interesting one, isn't it? It's, it's kind of, we don't really know what the negotiations were with the with the yeah. actors coming back. We don't know what was in their contracts or, or what they were willing to do. What I definitely felt with this episode is it's like, uh, I don't want to reference the Star Wars special, but it's like it is like a holiday, <laughs> a holiday special for Marvel. That was uh, damn oh, good. Low blow, man. <laughs> but the, the amount of voices that they brought back, the amount of actors that they brought back here, are, is absolutely massive. And as you say, for one or two lines, you know, you, yes, you mentioned that we had Jeff Goldblum back, but we also had the actress who played Topaz back, who is <laughs> the sidekick in Ragnarok. You're going, why? Why is she? deciding to come back for this one line here you know um but it, it is really interesting Cl- clancy brown came back to do yeah, Sir Sir like Dirt. that's yeah. that's crazy who's a huge partier lol there you go <laughs> <laughs> but i Shutting guess he, up he the lady liberty yeah <laughs> but but i guess he was in there um working on invincible uh potentially yep. so he's still in the studio recording his voices yeah, for that I, so. I have a feeling anyone who's in any one of these probably did their lines for all of them 
in one session, you know, if they just had a few yeah. lines or whatever. Absolutely. I can't, I can't um, imagine Karen Gillan just walking yeah. in to record uh, Baby Needs a New Eye. Uh, yes. Her <laughs> <laughs> so good. <laughs> Hilarious stuff. Um, what else about the party across the planet? Who, who have we missed out there? How are the duck? How are the duck? Oh, so good. Finally making a different joke. Yeah. Uh, a massive thing. Yeah. They're marrying Darcy. So funny. <laughs> She's like, Do you think that's a this is not a date. And next thing you know, Elvis yeah. is marrying them. Yeah. That was, that was really good. Do I you like think that. that's a callback to the film? Like, literally, the, the marrying a duck. It has to be. It oh. has to be a callback to the original Wait, film. what is it? Oh, oh. I don't because remember. The, in the film, he nearly, he wanted to marry, and they were, Beverly. Oh, we can't get married because you're, you're, hum- uh, you're oh, a duck. Yeah. And then... Anyway. I mean, back in the day, um, Howard the Duck actually was pretty well-respected comic book yeah. of social satire, and I think he had this hot girlfriend, Beverly Wright, on and yeah. off girlfriend. Yep. Who, yeah, but anyway, I'm sorry, what were you... No, I was just going to say, if any of our fellow defenders have not seen this, try and find it. It is the weirdest film from the 80s, or early 90s. Uh, it, it's around that period. It's just... Renowned flop. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Also, yeah. But worth also watching. you can tell the, the difference in age between ourselves and Chris, because he goes, sometime in early 80s or early 90s, as if they all merged together. <laughs> Time before the turn of the century. But uh, <laughs> it's not that difficult to find anymore. It is has just recently been released on 4K UHD, uh, so you can you can buy a physical uh, copy lovely. in 4K UHD. Is it on Disney Plus? Oh my god, I gotta oh, check. I, I, doubt, I doubt it's not. I yeah. You know, I I I feel like we've seen a lot of Howard the Duck lately. Maybe they're gearing up to do something with him. And and based on what we've seen so far, I'm definitely <laughs> curious. Yeah. Yeah, well, Dulce is. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. It, it would be great to get Seth Green voicing him in a movie. I hope yeah. they give him more. Yeah. Like my, my criticism of, of Harry the Duck's use in the universe seems to be they're given two lines and it's always once you uh, once you go duck, you never go back is kind of the joke yeah. that, that he has. So I'm hopeful that they can give him a little bit more personality, <laughs> a little bit more yeah. character, and then maybe he can he can survive in his own movie. But you never know. He could be on board the uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy ship uh, for a moment. Yeah, love that she ended up marrying him and and also that jane foster she just kind of was like all right i'm gonna just have my typical wild night in vegas and i'm 99.9 percent sure she actually shacked up with thor and so that was fun you know i mean it's it's uh it fit the tone of of the episode to just be like it's a party man (laughs) (laughs) definitely um let's talk about uh about captain marvel um being brought in versus thor we've we've kind of seen a few it's to the captain marvel now at this stage we've obviously had her own her own movie we've had her uh brought in at the end of of infinity war and we've seen her fight in endgame we're going to see a lot more of in the future but she's a massively powerful character um I loved seeing her go up against the God of Thunder. I haven't loved Captain Marvel more than after 15 minutes of Party Thor, him getting punched in the face by Captain Marvel, maybe love her even more than I loved her before. Uh, she has so much power. There's so much in, in those battles. They're re- I thought they were really dynamic and really well filmed and probably my favorite part of the episode. Again, also because Thor is getting punched in the mouth repeatedly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll what take the opposite stance on that because I felt like she was All a right. major party pooper. 
<laughs> I'm like, geez, chill out, man. They're just trying to have a little fun. And then next thing you know, like Surtur is melting off the Statue of Liberty's arm. And I'm like, okay, okay, maybe it's going a little bit too far here. But it did seem kind of ridiculous that S.H.I.E.L.D. and Captain uh, Marvel just wanted to kill Thor. You know, they didn't really spend much time trying to talk to him or anything. So I, yeah. and it was interesting that, like, he said, why don't you smile a little? And I'm like, that's the wrong thing to say to her. And mm-hmm. what that's a play from her movie, right? That was yeah uh yeah so um but but she really did in my view come off like wow you're just really just killing the the vibe here (laughs) it was so fun (laughs) to see them fight though don't get me wrong i I loved it she shields omega cop basically uh coming coming from the other side of the galaxy to take out thor um What do you guys think? Anything on, on Captain Marvel? I, I I liked uh I liked the fights. I thought they were really good. I mean, she ends up kind of at least sort of covering for him at least until yeah. his um his hammer Mjolnir uh, arrives, all pimped out. But uh, yeah, I I really I I kind of liked it. I think it was just more yeah, it was just all that sudden we need to stop Thor and try and. I guess kill him, but mm. like or or whatever was just like weird. Um. You know, just suddenly going to the nuclear option. I was like, I'm, literally, are they shield or is this uh-huh. like already Hydra infiltrated? <laughs> well, it was Maria Hill. Yeah, so she's the one in control. So she so was on a power trip. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So apparently, she's a bad commander. Yeah, she I, was basically on a power trip. Um, there with yeah. with old uh, Fury. Kind and of, of course, of it's Brock Rumlow who's like really wanting to do it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Hydra scum. <laughs> I think that was one of my favorite lines, though, the episode from Brock Rumlow saying, we never get to use the nuclear weapons. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, I want to use them. Yeah. Um, but but as the S.H.I.E.L.D. fan, I do feel a, a bit annoyed that they that they went kind of too far uh, here because we do see um, notorious party animal Phil Coulson getting really annoyed that this party's going on around the world. Yeah. Like, oh, no, the yeah. parties are spreading. And That's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> that, did that make sense to anyone? It's like, like if you're partying, the party is... Well, it was contagious. E- even in Dutch, uh, Dutch Pennsylvania. I mean, is it that yeah. bad, Jason? Um, it's the Amish they country. Have been, yeah, would they have been the party <laughs> poopers if Captain Marvel hadn't turned up? I oh, guess. Chris, if you haven't been to one of those parties that just starts out with five or six people and ends off with a whole town, you haven't party. With the town part, I'm like, okay, that was. <laughs> I know. I've been to one of those where it's like, oh, we're just gonna have one or two drinks in, like, you're there, and then. 8 a.m. the next morning, there's 20 people in the house, and you're like, what just happened? And that's juxtaposed with something Coulson might normally be doing, like tracking a pandemic or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) There was that moment where I think it was when Captain Marvel and Thor were fighting, and they were streaking across, and it was a beach, and there was someone sat drinking a cocktail. And I was really, if they hadn't shown Coulson, I was just like, that would have been great if it had been Coulson on on the beach, oh, like yeah, you know, um, uh, from Agents of Shield mm. and stuff. I thought that would have been really uh, a pretty cool thing to do, but I guess the timeline wouldn't have have matched up. It could have been Melinda May sitting on the beach, just for yeah. Agents of Shield fans. Well, that's just, true just as well. Yeah. It, could, it could have been Melinda May sitting there on the beach uh, waiting. <laughs> um, okay, let's talk about the resolution of what happens. Sorry, excuse me. Mjolnir is what solves the fight between uh, Captain Marvel and Thor. Uh, Mjolnir placed on top of Captain Marvel yeah. uh, to put her into timeout for a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, I don't think there's a resolution to which one's stronger. There's always that battle between is Hulk or Thor the strongest one of the Avengers. I do think that Captain Marvel was was pulling her punches a little bit because she was yeah. trying to stop him rather than kill him. Yeah. 
or I destroy think, the planet stronger or destroy the planet exactly uh, but the actual fight resolves with Mjolnir being uh, being put on Captain Marvel's chest so please call it by its real name you can call it meow 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 saves the day does the that make way. sense that she would not be able to lift it given that Odin has not placed the enchantment of worthiness or whatever on the Ooh. hammer is it not on the hammer I thought he still he, I thought it was still on the hammer. He did that when he banished Thor to Earth after Thor yep. made a mess in uh, Jotunheim. So I don't know. Maybe the hammer is still keyed to Thor. It just doesn't have the worthiness thing. There's still like the, look. There's a lot of inconsistencies. Like <laughs> the numbered biggest one, and we'll get to it now. There shouldn't be an Ultron. There is no Ultron. Ultron was created. At the end of, or at the beginning of Age of Ultron, based on the Battle of New York, mm. where there has been no Battle of New York. In so this universe. No... So, but based on Loki, <laughs> we know that the Infinity Stones don't work in other universes. So unless it's just decoration that he has, <laughs> <laughs> then it's just like, he can mm. skip to a different multiverse, but he has, it's just decoration. They're, they're essentially paperweights as per the TVA. Ooh, unless I don't TVA know that's correct, Chris. No, Sorry. It, well, they're paperweights, paperweights yeah. when they're in the TVA, mm. but after that, then yeah. they are, they are click your fingers active. Okay. Right. I, I know. I, I know it's been a while, correct. Chris, since uh, since we talked about it. But effectively, the Infinity Stones are in the universe, and when they're in the universe, they're working. When the TVA removes them from the universe and put them into the TVA, they become paperweights. So, but in a were, parallel universe, we don't know for sure, but they could be active. Exactly. Okay. We saw we saw a zombie Thanos with the Infinity Stones in that universe where there were Marvel zombies. So they work in that universe. They were. Those yeah. Infinity Stones. I, I think we don't know. Infinity Stones for different universes. I think we don't know whether an Infinity Stone from one universe can work in another one. But we, what, like they were saying, what we do know is in the TVA, they're rendered. Yeah. Useless. So in the comic books, the lore is that Infinity Stones from a different universe will not work in a multiverse. Mm. So if you bring your Infinity Stones to my universe, they don't work, mm. and vice versa. But if you use mine, they work. Maybe that hasn't been explained here, but that was my one. I was like, "Yeah." But that just. Hmm. But they're in their un. They're in their universe. But then there shouldn't be an Ultron. There shouldn't be an Ultron. Yeah, but or it's a, a different. No, but it's a different. So this isn't the. I think when the Watcher starts this up, he actually says in another universe. So this isn't the MCU universe. Mm. So actually, to the point about what timeline we're on, uh, you know what. Uh, how we were discussing that before, like actually with that, then this could be all over the show in terms of where it relates to the timeline of the MCU. Absolutely. So that's how the Watcher starts this one off. So I think that potentially in a different universe, not, I guess, oh, there. the. But the question is whether the Ultron slash Vision that we see is from the universe that we're seeing. Or not? Exactly. Well, that's true yeah. as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, is he, because is he using the uh, the but, Doctor Strange style portal to transfer it, fare himself from one side of the country to right. the other side of the country, or is he jumping guess, in from another? Universe? I guess the menacing look and the response of the Watcher would suggest that they are armed and ready, though. Um, 
I guess. I guess he's in a universe of uh, of multiple possibilities. So one of the possibilities is yeah. what if Ultron became uh, had possession of all the Infinity Stones, and that's the universe he's come from. And mm-hmm. could, it could be as simple as that. Um, like we don't know if uh, uh, Thanos is, has been trying to gather the Infinity Stones and using Loki. It seems like. Well, of course, not using Loki because Loki is just kind of a good guy here. Mm -hmm. Uh, I thought it totally did make sense, by the way, that they would be friends because they're not competing over their father's attention. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, so that just sort of wipes the whole all of the Avengers and everything off of the table. And I can't remember why Ultron was created, but maybe there could be some other reason that Ultron would be created. Suit of armor around the world. So it was yeah, based on the mindset. It was, it was the security. It was yeah. that Tony and Bruce wanted to create a suit of armor around the world as this, like the ultimate protection. Um, and it was based on that they found the neural network within the Mind Stone. Right. Which came from Loki. Which came from Loki, yeah. which was the staff. So there's just like, you're like, yeah. Yeah. There's a few. It was like, it just anyway. happened, basically. I mean, yeah. it, it felt like it was like, and here's Jazz Hand's vision, but with Infinity <laughs> Stones. I, I suspect guess. possibly that that ending had nothing to do with the what if events of this series and that they are just starting to bring the story of what if together, you know, and this was sort of like one yeah. element of that. And we're going to see more in the next couple of episodes. I am so hopeful for that. That's one of the, yeah. I suppose, one of the challenges with this. And I, I just put the blame a little bit on the writing just because we've had six episodes that have ended with something where I think all of us have said, oh, wow, I'd love to see that continue for another episode or, or something like that. Yeah. And because they've done that for six episodes and ended it with this big shocking moment, this one literally came out of nowhere. You have the Watcher going, and everybody lived happily ever after. Oh, actually, no. <laughs> they Wait, don't. What? And in walks, <laughs> in walks Ultron. Um from potentially another story. So yeah. you're absolutely yeah. right. This could be episode eight, and episode eight ends with them walking out of that universe into Party Thor's universe, effectively. Yeah, because, I mean, initially I was just thinking, you know, how did Thor's, I guess, transformation with being the only child, you know, what did he do? Or how did that stop Vision becoming, you know, effectively what he becomes in the MCU? But if he's come from another one or another one of the multiverses that kind of that makes sense hmm. so do we think that this is going to have a follow-up do we think this is going to be an episode that will explain oh, hope so. how that ultron yes. jumped over from another yeah. i'd be so. shocked yeah. if not yeah i really do i'm hoping that then the because the, we've got two left we've got eight and nine um of this season mm-hmm. so my assumption is eight and nine are eight is the here's the big bad that is ultron vi- vision whatever we're calling it vision no that is literally his name. <laughs> <laughs> Ultron Vision, whatever the hybrid is, whatever we're calling it. Voltron. He- yeah, exactly. Voltron. I do like you. Or Voltron. We could we could use the trademark Voltron. Yeah. <laughs> My assumption is it opens. He is the big bad. Now he's on the Watcher. Has to go and collect Doctor Strange and Captain Carter and Star Lord T'Challa and pulls them all together. And How is the Killmonger. And Howard the Duck pulls them together, <laughs> drops them, and then we have the final battle on episode nine. That is my assumption, because then yeah. that pulls in the what-if endings and the endings of the, the loose thread endings of all the other ones. Yeah, and maybe something to do with the tentacled creature. Mm-hmm. Um, and some zombies be, in might, there for good measure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, might, absolutely. Might, that might be the thing that is able to allow them to travel uh, between the, the multiverses and possibly... 
I guess, click their fingers or have active infinity stones. I mean, you know, if yeah. you can't explain it reasonably, do it through magic. Yeah, Shumagorath. I guess. It is him. Yeah. It is the one big Shumagorath that is coming. I hope it is because this, yeah. if you had not put this ending on it, it was a fun amuse bouche. It was a palate cleanser. It was like a sorbet between courses. You're like, cool. <laughs> that's, that's three would, different yeah. courses of a meal, Chris. Maybe an aperitif. Just <laughs> yeah, exactly. Know. An appetizer, yeah. if you will. A full uh, cheese board, if you yeah, will. Exactly. I guess. Yeah. Um, that's a good I one. Just, it, it was just the sorbet. <laughs> it was just a palate cleanser. It was fine. If you had to put this episode four, episode five, in, if you had to put this directly after Doctor Strange, mm. then that was like, oh, it's a really dark one. And here's the light, fun one. Mm-hmm. If there is no continuation, and that is just the ending, then I'm going to be as annoyed as I was last week when I started up watching this episode, because I wanted the Wakanda follow-up, because we had literally it ended with, well, we're going to go sort this out. Clunk. And like, if this is the same thing, then they're making, in my humble opinion, a mistake. And I'm getting, I'm kind of moving too forward on on this one. But yeah, it was just, it was. <sighs> yeah, I, well, I know. It's, it, you know, the, the What If comics ran for 22 odd years and pretty much every single issue had this kind of challenge to it where they wrote one issue, told the story, had an ending to it and then moved on next next month. So that, that's why you kind of randomly picked up whichever ones enticed you in because of the characters, yeah. because you didn't have to follow it. Maybe it's uh, there are no happy endings in a, in a What If story ultimately. But I mean, like, but I think, um, you know, I have to say was like it just hit me like a pie in the face uh vision but i kind of liked old broody voltron uh to be honest i uh, <laughs> thought it looked pretty cool yeah um, and, and i definitely think that you know if they can go back in time then i know with timelines and all that it it's different but they just need to put vision down i mean he's a disaster <laughs> for the entire mcu from wonder <laughs> Thanks, with what with wonder with the zombies it's like um yeah i think we got so, the some of his circuit boards are fried in our major mcu that's where we got the one good vision but <laughs> yeah. I, I, I did like um, it i like the ultron look as well peel, peeling back and seeing sort of red eye yeah, uh, that, was cool. that was the, the, cool. Going back to, Derek, what you said about the What If comics, right? Mm-hmm. The thing about the What If comics was they actually did have endings. They didn't leave yeah. massive cliffhangers at the last panel. Yeah. That, they, 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 it was a contained story that kind of had some teases for a wider universe that would ask, leave you questions like, ooh, what if this continued? Mm-hmm. But it like the overall story felt was complete. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And I would have been happy on this one if it would have ended with uh, them deciding to meet for a date. I thought exactly. the Ultron uh, Vision hybrid was super cool, but it did feel like it came out of left field and was unnecessary yeah. Yeah. in some ways. If it leads to a cool story, then fine. Yeah. Exactly. But exactly. if it is next week's episode, why not kind of open? With that bit right, next week, yeah. and kind of just if yeah. you had of like close it at the happy ending, and then actually guess what? Here's the next episode. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, it's the fun of weekly recording about uh, about yes. episodes, and then suddenly next week we go, oh, that was absolutely fine. That was exactly yeah, the right. Exactly. Way. <laughs> uh, I'm sure you've experienced that in, in uh, 12 years of Walking Dead. Yes, as well. absolutely. <laughs> uh, I think that covers the the predominant elements of the episode, the, the general flow of the episode. Any notes about the episode? Anything we didn't cover in our in our major discussion to chat about? 
Now, one of the ones I did want to talk about uh, myself, I'll, I'll throw the question out and then answer it myself because I'm, <laughs> I'm like that. Um, I guess the teen comedy ending to the episode where um, Frigga is called from uh, her party with her, her sisters to come back to Earth to uh, to sort everything out and Thor um, pretending that himself and his friends were just studying. Uh, like, I don't know, maybe it's maybe it's my age and how many times I've seen that on the, on teen TV Risky shows. business. Just, well, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, right the way back from sometime in the early 80s, Chris, or maybe the early 90s. Uh, sorry, <laughs> from the mid-80s. Um, but yeah, I think just, just that story itself, it just felt like, what are you talking about? This feels so mm-hmm. um, old as a storyline and so overused as a storyline. And Frigga's reaction, thinking her son was actually studying on Earth and then seeing his uh, his bead-covered uh, Mjolnir arriving back and going, oh, Thor! <laughs> it but like... it, it kind of has to, doesn't it? I mean, that is the whole thing. You do a house party whilst your parents are away and despite the you know forensic levels of uh, post party cleaning um there is i don't know shaving foam somewhere mm-hmm. or you know <laughs> um you've not gotten the right brand of uh you know spirit to uh, to hide the fact that you've drank uh, the previous one so like right. there's always something yeah um you know yeah, washing up liquid in the radio was my one yeah so i i it's guess it, it just it fits with that whole idea <laughs> that Thor treats Midgard as his house to trash and clean up. Mm-hmm. I did love that that Frigga, as soon as like Odin fell asleep, she was actually off to party herself. <laughs> oh yeah, like yeah. mother, like son. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, uh, I, that was actually the point I wanted. I enjoyed the the Jane Foster. Going, it's that Chardonnay. Can I can I have some? And she's drinking yeah. while trying to taking multiple swigs. <laughs> this is really good. Um. That was my thing, and I to say that was my note. This felt like the risky business Ferris Bueller weird science kind of storyline. It was like the stakes aren't that high. You're yeah. gonna get caught by your mom. Mm-hmm. Fun. It was that. That's, that's what, what makes a comedy of. is is low stakes. Yeah, exactly. Usually, unless it's the end of the world, <laughs> which is a pretty great comedy about the end yeah. of the world. It is, yeah. yeah. Or, or Shaun of the Dead, which is uh, yeah. also about the end of the world. <laughs> and a great comedy. How about, how about you guys? Any other yeah. notes? No notes from me. I just had a couple. Uh, it was the first one where no one dies, which kind of fits, I guess, with the tone. Very true. Uh, Frigga traveling to Earth via the Bifrost took way too long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they were able to clean up the whole planet. And I just loved it. Thor straightening the leaning tower of Pisa as he's cleaning up after the party. Yeah, <laughs> that, that was a good gag. Yeah. <laughs> Big smile on his face. Oh, another thing fixed. Uh, that yeah, was excellent. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> good stuff. Um, gentlemen, I think we've got uh, one last bit of business then. Um, I'm going to start with you, John. We started with with, uh, with Jason and his thoughts uh, initially on the episode. Do you defend episode seven of what if, what if Thor was an only child? Um, yeah, no, I, I do. Um, I do defend, uh, this episode of What If. Um, I, I would give it, um, three Kappa Kappa frat freaks out of five. <laughs> um, like, I did. I, it, it entertained me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the ending was a bit out of, uh, left field, um, for me. Not all the gags, uh, landed, but I loved the ones involving Darcy, 
Um, I mean, she's just brilliant in terms of what she delivers, um, uh, Kat, Kat Dennings and, uh, loved, um, you know, the Stonehenge, the, the Pisa gags. Uh, they, they were all really good. Um, I guess I just don't mind darkness. So, I mean, and I'm not entirely sure this is, um, my particular sense of humor, but I, I did enjoy, um, the humor when it landed for me, for sure. And, I, you know, a bit like most people, I seem to be the odd one out anyway, thinking that last week's episode, I really quite enjoyed. I didn't. Um, and so I guess this is the, um, I think I was initially going to say, you know, this is the lighthearted, um, episode that people wanted and be careful what you wish for. Cause it just, it wasn't necessary for me, but I thought it, it I found it entertaining. So I, I, I do defend this for sure. Um, and I agree. It probably does need a lighthearted one. It probably just didn't pretty much sort of hit with me, uh, like, uh, some of the, the darker ones, to be right. honest. Right. So yeah, I do defend this. Yeah. I think in the, uh, this was the lighthearted one that people wanted. John wants to substitute the word. This is the lighthearted one that Derek wanted. It's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I probably wanted more Marvel going down the lines of, you know, the, the League of Gentlemen type kind of comedy or something oh, like right. that. Yeah, yeah. Wow. You know, that would okay. be very, or dark. even Monty Python. I mean, you know, that, okay. kind of, or, or, or Blackadder or something like yeah. that. Right. I, I guess. Um, I'm not, yeah. The, the 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 frat thing maybe doesn't really um work for me All right. we know what they're doing they're, i know exactly what they're holding off for we are going to get a what if episode of lewis telling the story of the the marvel cinematic universe that is going to be the what if one of them it would be his version of it um and it would just be oh, and then my girlfriend's friend said this, and then like <laughs> literally all that. Like that's what we want. Like that's the one that everyone wants. So <laughs> I say everyone, Chris. I I don't know. I I think I'd find it funny for a couple of minutes, and I'd probably switch <laughs> it off. But but yeah, they may do that. They may do that. Yeah. Uh, let's go on to our guest, Jason. Overall, do you defend this episode? Oh. Yeah, yeah, I wholeheartedly defend it. I mean, I also love dark stuff. You know, we podcasted about Ash versus Evil Dead, which was a great combination of mm. dark and comedy. Yeah, exactly. But I, I just like really bleak stuff too. Sometimes I, I think really what I want from my entertainment is to feel moved by it in one way or another, whether that's sad or uh, scared or you know on the edge of my seat. And also, if I'm laughing, that counts too. And yeah, I think, absolutely. I think, um, Marvel, like having so many movies, I think it's great that they can sort of experiment with different genres within the Marvel style. They do that so well. And I think they really need to differentiate based on, uh, how many movies they have. They, they can't all be the same, but, mm -hmm. and same thing with this series because it's anthology style, they can really try to go in some interesting direction so I, i'm really glad they did this if it wasn't funny i would be a total thumbs down on it but i i thought more of the jokes hit than not you know maybe 80 percent, which is pretty damn good so i'd say thumbs up excellent excellent mm. uh chris do you defend this episode i do i don't defend this placement or its ending okay so if the, if, if that, <laughs> if the long and the short of it it's i felt it should have maybe been a bit earlier um it just as a, that kind of it it as a self-contained funny episode, it does, it does exactly what it says on the tin. It is a comedic kind of what if Thor was a frat boy and had a party? Oh no. And like, that's what it was. The, it was the ultimate Netflix streaming style ending 
to, 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 and that, that it's the, it's that cliffhanger that unless there is a connection makes no sense right. because it's just so left of field. Um, so it, it really needs to pay off. I said the same thing last week though, yeah. where we got, <laughs> we had, we had Shuri and Pepper Potts. I think they took the idea of a cliffhanger and taking it slightly too far. And I think what will get these episodes even better rated by the critics and the audience is if they take a bit more of the comic book approach and they make it a bit more self-contained. If there's not going to be a connection and there's not going to be a greater overarching thread, Mm -hmm. make them more Mm self-contained. That being said, there's still 60 more minutes, 60, just over 60 more minutes in the season. So all of this is could be moot. Yeah, and I think I think to your point, last week's cliffhanger ending was at least connected to the episode. This was a cliffhanger ending that could have been taken from any other episode of the show yeah. and stuck on the end of this one as well. Yeah. Uh, excellent. What about yourself, Derek? I'm going to be the party pooper. Um, I can't <laughs> defend this episode because this is my version of recommending it to other people. This is the one I would say skip it. Not for not for me purely because the the humor didn't work couple of slight smiles I mentioned earlier on Brock Rumlow uh, I thought that was very funny um I thought there's a couple of moments in the episode that made me smile but just it's just not my humor and that's that's what happens with comedy in me uh, I, I just if it doesn't hit with me I uh, I don't enjoy it and I, I spent half an hour going is something else going to happen here that's that's going to make mm-hmm. this fun for me but that's well that's technically right. when we watched it a second time uh, you I fell asleep that's a sign I was that is yeah, a sign. Yeah, that was that was my that notes. He was tired. Well. <laughs> yeah, that he was tired. But he normally falls asleep when he's enjoying something That's true. and yeah. he misses it. Yeah, I didn't oh, even want well. to rewind it uh, when I woke up. <laughs> but anyway, that's our defense. So we actually still had three defense uh, this episode. So thank you, Jason. <laughs> Guys, Thor was partying all episode. It's time for us to go over to the pub for our pub quiz question for this week. John. Yeah, I, I guess it's not going to be quite as wild as we saw <laughs> Thor. Um, so, yeah, but I mean, certainly trash wherever you are, uh, fellow defenders and quizzes. We've got our pub quiz. It's question seven for episode seven, and it is, what tattoos do Thor and Jane Foster get in Las Vegas? Excellent. Uh, send in your answers to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com. Uh, you send them in one at a time, drip feed them into the email or you can uh, do a a big party pub quiz bang right at the end with all nine questions uh, from the series. Absolutely. If you've missed any of the questions so far, uh, you can pop on over to our website at tvpodcastindustries.com. There's a, a a list of all of the pub quiz questions that we've asked throughout the season. Or, of course, if you're listening to this on the House Podcast feed, hello. Uh, you can, you can <laughs> Go for it, guys. There as well. <laughs> uh, yeah, and uh, email the ball into feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com and you're in with a chance of winning some uh, some what-if fucker pops. Um, very cool ones nice. coming out at the moment as well. Yeah. Right. We are going to go on to feedback, our final section. Hear what you thought about the episode. Some positive thoughts, um, some not so positive thoughts of the episode, but we're going to start off with a bit of a music break from Matt Murdock, who shares his thoughts on the music from the episode. He says, I giggled the whole way through this episode and looks like they got just about everybody except Brie Larson and Renny Russo too. So, uh, so Matt, very positive on the episode. Uh, let's have a listen to his thoughts on the music. Hello, gentlemen. This is Matt from Across the Pond. Whew, what a relief to have this Thor episode, which I absolutely adored. After all the darkness that we'd been having, this was the perfect way to bring us out of the dumps, so to speak. Part of what helped that, 
I mean, outside of it just being really funny, was Cartman's approach for this particular episode. She took much more of a Danny Elfman kind of approach with very playful little motives, things that used major chords. Major chords tend to feel lighter than minor chords. And a lot of use of staccato, meaning that the notes were separated. All of these things kind of help musically produce a comical element. And really, those are conventions that a lot of composers have used throughout the entire history of film. But Elfman is especially good at it. And what I likened this to is the fact that it almost felt like a Simpsons episode. (laughs) And there was one particular motive, a little snippet of music that was used a couple of different times in the episode that I found really fun. Uh, That's this piece. The first time you hear it is when Frigga is actually uh, starting to poke on Odin's cheek, which I thought was funny. And uh, then she says, I'm going off to have wine with my sisters. You hear that little bit in there. And those kinds of elements produced a whole lot in this episode to help accentuate the funny that was happening throughout most of the episode. Another thing I'd like to point out is this may be a first for a female composer of the MCU to quote another female composer from the MCU. Now, I didn't honestly pay that much attention to whether Natalie Holt quoted any Pinar Toprak stuff or not. I'm pretty sure she didn't. But here we get kind of a rendition of the Captain Marvel theme when she first arrives. And just to remind you, the melody is exactly the same. The rhythm's uh, a little bit different, but it's still, essentially, you can recognize it. Uh, The extended theme that Pinar did sounds like this. So, you can see that Cartman was directly quoting Pinar with that one little snippet of music from Captain Marvel. There was also something when Captain Marvel and Thor were fighting in the air, or really getting down to fighting, that sounded an awful lot like an 80s video game, which is a sound that kind of happened in the Captain Marvel movie as well. Uh, too Way too complicated for me to be able to play it on the piano. Just listen for some of the music uh, as Captain Marvel and Thor are fighting in the air, and I think you'll hear it. And that's all I got, guys. I really enjoyed this episode. Hope you did too. Bye-bye. Matt, as always, thank you so much. Your ear and the fidelity of what you hear is so much better than mine. Fantastic. That's great. I love that. Yeah, it was really good. I I definitely remember hearing the video game sound because I think I mentioned it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Only on the second viewing, though. Uh, And even that first bit of uh, the playful staccato, it's... it feels video gamey as well, mm-hmm. um, which is pretty cool. It must be really fun to score this show because you get to pull all these themes from the yeah. different movies and put them together. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks so much for your thoughts, Matt. Let's get on to some emails. Um, guys, we go around, uh, go around in a circle, uh, I guess, of, uh, of uh, the feedback. 
Um, first up, Coffee and Vodka sent us an email over to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com. He says, party on, defenders. Looks like Owasu wasn't needed to save us after all. Just Truant Thor and some clear-headed guardians to protect him from himself, even if one wanted to hug him with nuclear arms. Felt good to have a feel-good episode after the previous four. I just have two questions. With Bree- only Brie Larson missing in the voiceover roll call, what do you think this episode cost? And if it was Ultron in his vision body, how was he created in this reality? Five out of five Mardi Gras Mjolnirs for me. <laughs> Thanks, Coffee and Vodka. Um, well, I think we kind of addressed the, uh, was it Ultron and Vision's body and how were they created in this reality a little bit um, earlier on in our discussions. Uh, anything else to add to that, guys? Uh, no. What else do you say? Oh, how much did it cost? Yeah, I was thinking that mm-hmm. myself. There, uh, This may have had more big voices than any of the other episodes so far. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Even Jeff Goldblum mm-hmm. probably picked up quite a big uh, paycheck for that one line. Well, I guess the accountants have got it sorted. I guess so. And I also wonder what uh, Thor had to do to get those beads on his hammer, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that was definitely a trip to, uh, to New Orleans for him. Uh, John, do you want to take the next email? Yeah. Uh, our next bit of feedback is from Jerry over on email. He's, hey, guys, this episode was fun, but was my least favorite. Lots of funny Easter eggs. This was a palate cleanser for the previous Dark episodes. The ending with Vision slash Ultron with all the Infinity Stones. This looks like the storyline for the rest of the season based on promo trailers. Mm -hmm. I think I would have enjoyed this more if I had not watched Star Wars Visions first. I can't wait for you guys to review that excellent Star Wars project, Jerry in Niceville. Thanks, uh, Jerry. Yeah, well, we, we I think we would have to have maybe 26 hours in the day. Um, but I've been watching the Star Wars uh, projects, um, the, the visions. I've seen the first three now. Mm-hmm. Love the first one, uh, I have to say. And I, I must say I was pretty taken with the second one as well. But uh, definitely, um, fellow Defenders... Uh, check out those Star Wars visions. They're only about maybe 12, 15 minutes long. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, basically different takes on our, our favorite galaxy, um, uh, from Japanese creators. So yes. it's, it's been really good, um, for sure. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I, I guess, was this my least favorite when I think about it? I mean, probably in my scoring, it probably is. But mm-hmm. I mean, as I say, it, it did entertain me and, I, I didn't mind it. I'm, I'm not quite as sort of ideological as, as, uh, as Derek is on all things, um, sort of MCU Thor, I guess, mm-hmm. but, Party um, pooping, as I said. Yeah. Party, <laughs> party poop, poop. It's pooping. hard, hard for me to rank these. I actually have re- very much enjoyed this entire yeah. series and I'm not easy. Yeah. I, I haven't totally enjoyed all the Marvel series, to be honest, but I'm really liking mm-hmm. this one. Yeah, I know you hated Loki, right? Didn't hate it. Didn't love it. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> Thanks so much, Jerry, for your thoughts. Let's head on over to our Facebook group. Um, Chris, do you want to take the first piece of fa- Facebook feedback? Sure. First up, we have some feedback from Heather Wallace, who had this to say. Well, that was not good. Let's rename it. What if Australian loutish bogan culture infected the universe? <laughs> I know Chris Hemworth doesn't want the worst character to revert back to the operatic feel from the first two films, but there is a halfway point. For me, Thor is at his most interesting and unexpected seriousness, like his scene in Ragnarok when he quietly tells Loki he thought the world of him, and then Infinity War when he says he has nothing left to lose against Thanos. Okay, trying to be positive, I do like that Thor and Loki still have a relationship, even though they weren't raised together. That's always been one of the driving relationships across the MCU. 
I like Vision turning up evil and with the full set of Infinity Stones. The only interesting thing about this episode is imagining how Vision was created, since the final step in our Vision's birth was Thor striking with Mjolnir. Is it too late to get more zombies? <laughs> Thanks, Heather. I didn't even think about Mjolnir. Yes, 100%. That is like, what are the... Must be from another universe. Yeah. I'm calling it now. Yeah, the lightning strike. Um, the Australian comment, that makes me think there was a reference to Gary the Goat. Is that an Australian thing or did you guys get that? I don't get oh, I didn't it. I get that. I assumed it no. was a US thing. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just thought with um, Howard the Duck and Darcy, it was just another bestiality reference. To be honest, <laughs> well, can I say that? I don't know, but um, yeah, I mean Gary, Gary the Goat, had seemed to enjoy his time with partying uh, with as Fandrels. Yeah. yeah, and we do see Fandral wake up in that after party uh, in Las Vegas, <laughs> surrounded by sheep. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know whether it was Australian. So he's Welsh. It's wild. Definitely some mention wild party. Uh, wow. <laughs> uh, thanks so much heather uh jason do you want to take the next piece of feedback yeah this is from my friend greg schwam he says well just like the first couple thor movies i was underwhelmed entertained sure it was fun to listen to each of the actors reprising their roles but i'm a story person at heart and the story of an errant teenager needing to clean up the house after a party before their parents get home didn't really grab me the lack of stakes made me so uninvested that i didn't really care Having said that, it was cool to see the actors having fun with it, and the story I want to see is how the vision came into being and got all the Infinity Stones. That I would love to see. Thanks so much, Greg. Uh, Victor Von Doom shares his thoughts. He says, while very funny, I would not want to live in that reality, so give me another one shot, please. Make it a double and keep them going. <laughs> oh, I like it, Victor. Well Excellent stuff. <laughs> yeah, and also uh, Dr. Bob Phillips says, that was exactly the fluffy, airheaded, purely pointless fun I needed. Adored the busted teen genre flip, thought the ice bro was superb, and giggled at Fury being barred for being too serious. Such levity can only mean next week is an even bigger pit of despair <laughs> than the Doctor Strange episode was. It probably will be, yes, uh, Bob, as we crash into the multiverse. <laughs> Those uh, Frost Giants really were the Ice Bros. I think they were probably the worst yeah. offenders, taking the St. Louis Arch and defacing Mount Rushmore, mm -hmm. the London Eye. It was, it was the Frost Giants. Don't invite yeah, them. <laughs> it wasn't even Thor, it was just that. <laughs> Excellent. Chris? The final piece of feedback over on Facebook comes from Deanne Debreen Mascal, who said, A palate cleanser with a lot of fun Easter eggs, but I did not care for the story at all. It was just a vehicle for jokes, I guess. A vehicle for jokes, like That's a clown a car. For jokes. Yeah. I was going more if it was, it was a pickup truck then, if it was that many jokes. Maybe. <laughs> or maybe, yeah, maybe a dumpster truck. Dump truck. On fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think i'll let you lead this one jason yeah we had some of uh, you guys write in on the podcastica page emily rouse says probably my least favorite it had some funny moments but most of the time i was just wondering what the heck was going on also not sure maria hill should be in charge since she was awfully quick to <laughs> nuke siberia <laughs> absolutely if you get to sit in that chair you're going to want to press the nuke button i guess yeah <laughs> when else are you going to get the chance that's why nick fury's been around for so long yeah but maybe she could have just started with a missile or yeah. something like yeah. that yes. no, not full-on north korea <laughs> 
<laughs> Thanks, Emily. Pevy Ledek says that looked like a really fun party, and he had all those interstellar people happy partying together. That's just good diplomacy for a future king. <laughs> nice thoughts. <laughs> yes, that's a way of thinking. It. Absolutely. Um, Steve Ball with no hint of irony says, "I'm so tired of these serious downbeat episodes." <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Steve. That's terrible. Trust me, it will get lighthearted, more lighthearted from now on. I swear. <laughs> Uh, we also have a piece of feedback from Karen Shee, who said, Not my favourite episode. It reminds me why Loki was always the more interesting and layered character from the Thor movies. Maybe that was the point. The action sequence looked great, but fight after fight with Captain Marvel got a little tedious. A pretty inconsequential episode, though I still enjoyed some of the jokes, especially coming from Darcy. Yep. Totally there with you, Karen. Jonathan Bookalil says, what if Thor was not fat, stupid, or comical? Still some funny moments, though. I mean, I know I know there are some people who wish that Thor would be, you know, taken more seriously, and I can totally get that. Oh, yeah, but he's still, I think he, I think the next one will be. I still think really? the next it's one Really? It's Taika Waititi, though. I, what makes you think that? I was yeah, thought, thinking it would be Ragnarok Part 2, no? So it's the fact that we're going to get Thor the Unworthy with a slice of yeah. um the the mighty Thor Jane Foster Foster. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think I get the feeling that there will be at least there will at least be a, a good story yeah. a, a, a good how do I put it? It won't be a mature story in there. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There'll be jokes and there'll be college jokes and a few of those and there'll definitely be a fart joke or something in like that. <laughs> Very tight we TT like with like what we do in the shadows. There'll be some of that kind of it's not even highbrow or lowbrow. It's like just normal silly. brow, silly humor. <laughs> normal yeah. brow. But then you're gonna get a well, normal brow. Yeah, like yeah a normal brow <laughs> where, like, from the comic books, Jane gets it for a very particular reason. Yeah, right. They and can't really joke around too much about that. No. So exactly. I'm I think there'll be some seriousness. Likeable try. He's he's on writing duties this time, isn't he? He didn't write the last one. So oh, exactly. he's on writing duties this time, I think. Uh, thanks so much, Jonathan. Uh Shay Whitey says, liked the upbeat tone of the episode overall. Kinda wish we could have seen Captain Marvel really go to town on Thor. Great to see other members of the Guardians and other aliens on Earth in a friendly way. Great looking party. How did Thor pay for things? <laughs> he doesn't need to pay. He's the party prince. Um, she I, really I, I just do... wanted Captain Marvel to kill him, I think. I think so, <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, I took it as a different way. Of being oh, oh, God, oh God. yeah. yeah. So, like, I was about to go because it's not an 18s uh, version of this episode. It's more adult. You know what? Yeah. Thanks so much to everybody for sending their feedback. That is a perfect point to leave the episode. Uh, thanks, Chris, for, for Bring it down. down. If you wanted to, to subscribe to our podcast, you can subscribe to us on tvpodcastindustries.com. And if you want to get in contact with us, you can email us at feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com. Or if you're over on Facebook, you can join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash tvpodcastindustries. Or, hey, why not go over to Twitter and find us at tvpodindustries. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll be back next week to discuss the penultimate episode of season one of What If, episode eight. Still don't know the name of that one. Or if you want to join us for uh, Why the Last Man, we're also serving that on our feed at TV Podcast Industries. Jason, thank you so much for joining us for this episode. Thank you, guys. It was a total blast. I loved it. I, I love talking with you guys because you're quick and you're you're so well versed in all of this lore and everything. And you're you have strong opinions. Just a pleasure. <laughs> Excellent. And you don't have to edit as well, which is really yeah. good, right? Yeah, there's that. <laughs> but Jason, 
Pimp your wares. Where can people find you? They've liked you. Where can they get you? Yeah, everything I've got going on is over at podcastica.com. You'll see The Walking Dead cast over there. And this, the podcast that I'm also going to be publishing on this is House Podcastica, and I just cover several shows on there. Another uh, one that we've done recently, Handmaid's Tale, a little bit different tone than this uh, episode of Slightly. What If. But <laughs> yeah, just a, just a bit. Just a tad, Yeah. <laughs> That's full of humor, isn't it? That one, Jason. I think. Uh, well, not exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I was saying I like dark, but I think that's way too. <laughs> this, like, this season was like... pretty incredible. I don't know if you saw it. I thought it was fantastic. They finally did something different for one thing than what they had been doing. But not everyone agreed, apparently, because they got completely snubbed at the Emmys. I think they got the record for the most lost Emmys. Uh, oh, because wow. Ted Lasso got all the um, Emmys, so you can tell people are more wanting Ted Lasso and What If Thor than Handmaid's Tale. Yeah, there you go. There you go. I'm obviously on the eights. Uh, thanks so much, fellow defenders, for joining us. And thanks, Jason, once again. Thank we'll you speak to you again next time. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll speak to you again soon. Yeah, thanks so much, fellow defenders. It's great having you uh, on board. Keep watching, keep listening, and after this episode... Keep partying! <laughs> Party! <laughs> Woo! Woo!